1: He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spudman, Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spudman.
2: Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's woo, Spud Goodman.
3: Greetings, and our Ola, everyone. I am Spud Goodman.
0: The uh, Spud Man. I'm laughing all the way to the bank. Welcome to
3: our ninth year anniversary special. I say special knowing that word, you know, denotes something out of the ordinary, not just another regular episode, so we know we better deliver on this one. I mean, at the least if if this episode isn't that special then we could be held liable for like for false advertising or something so let the record show that you know that i would probably take the fifth if forced to testify in court on that charge yeah with that said uh, maybe you know it's best to Especially best that I bring on a co-pilot, yeah, and turn over some of my MC duties on this one to my Aunt Dorothy. Normally she's the show's designated laugher, but I think she could handle the host duties in a pinch.
4: Go ahead and start things off if you would, Aunt Dorothy. Oh, you really want me to co-host this special? I mean, that role would not be in my job duties as designated laugher. Maybe it would be more appropriate if my sweetie Chance handled the responsibilities. Uh, There is no way I am going to let Chance,
3: an intern, host this gala special again, you know? Last year he was given that job by management against my wishes, so,
5: you know... And Dorothy, you're family, so I feel okay about you doing this. uh, Excuse me. Am I going to get introduced here? I am the show's co-host. And if anyone other than me is going to do this, then I have a real problem here.
6: What are you objectifying on? Okay, here's our temporary co-host,
3: Gerald Holcomb. And I I guess you're technically still the temporary co-host of the show.
5: Um, Uh, So, yeah, but just not on this anniversary special. Okay it's temporary permanent co-host and why not you know nepotism in the workplace is i believe a federal offense family members cannot be promoted over others that is messed up yo well, if that was the case, Fox News would
3: not be on the air right now with all the lawsuits, you know, they would have. But, you know, with their big and little deuces and our past president would be in jail right now, too, after pulling us Saddam Hussein and hiring his daughter and son-in-law to work in the White House. So
7: good luck with that complaint. If Ivanka weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her.
8: I just want to say that, yeah, I am the show's intern. And I could easily co-host this thing again with one hand tied behind my back, or even with handcuffs on. But if the love of my life, my future wife Dorothy, is going to be the co-host of this special, then I'm happy to take a supportive role and relinquish any desires for personal gain.
4: Not a joke! Oh, that is so sweet, babe. You are one of the most unselfish people I've ever met. Just one more reason, I love you so much. Uh,
3: and Dorothy, we need to start making
4: this episode special, you know, like
3: right now. It's our ninth anniversary on the air as a radio show, so why don't you begin the festivities right now, okay? I, you know, I, here's some notes here, right? Yeah, there's notes oh. that, that'll help you get through oh, this I, thing. Oh,
4: I see, you, these note cards yeah. here. Oh, okay, um, here I go then. We at the Spud Goodman Show felt this special should be in honor of our guests over the years who are no longer with us, who have sadly passed on but will never be forgotten by everyone, including the staff members of this show. So this should be an anniversary special for them to celebrate these people and their careers. Oh, gosh, I think that was written well, Spud, or whoever did these note cards. Anyway. It was me. Um, Thank you. Oh, well, that, it was good. Why don't we start things off with this clip from someone that I know you, spell, you Spud, felt a real bond with, Ed Asner, Absolutely. a highly talented actor who won seven Emmys as an actor, still a record, and more importantly, a very special person. Yes, Oh, my, the world lost a great one when he passed away on 8-29-21.
3: Yeah, besides being an incredible actor, Ed was just a really cool guy. I mean, he led such an amazing life. It, it, was an, it was an honor to spend even a few moments with him on this show, and we were lucky to have had him on many times, so it was tough you know,
4: to pick out a particular clip to use. Oh, I bet. Um, why don't we play it now? Here is Ed Asner. Welcome back
3: to the show Someone we really, really enjoy speaking with
4: Actor and author Ed
3: Asner What's going on, Ed?
9: Oh, not a hell of a lot How are you?
3: Excellent, excellent So you have a new book out that sounds really interesting Son of a Junk Man Is that a line that your publisher made up Or is it actually a true fact?
9: No, 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 it's a true fact I wouldn't lie to you
3: That's true, that's a good point
9: You're you're regarded as the maven, the truth-teller of showbiz.
3: Wow, yeah, I like that. Super. Um, Well, was your dad like a tough disciplinarian, or did he give you space to find your own way? I mean, they didn't have helicopter parents back then, right? You know, where parents micromanage everything their kids do?
9: No, no. He was a, a hard scrabble. Dirt under the fingernails. Surviving boss.
3: What kind of chores did you get assigned, Ed? Every kid has chores.
9: Oh, we're, we're always breaking up cast iron, separating iron, cast iron, tin, galvanized everything. Always looking for the treasure in the uh, in the junk.
3: What you know? Every kid has. Times where they maybe misbehave a little bit. What kind of do we ever on like restriction or what kind of punishments uh, did you have to face back then?
9: What kind of what?
3: You know, like punishments. Did you ever get put on restriction or anything? Or what was it like back? You know, when you were growing up.
9: Well, uh, it was the time of Hitler. Yes. We had to watch our Ps and Qs. Yes. And uh, make sure that. Uh, the nazis didn't overwhelm us in kansas city
3: um okay all right um let me ask you this uh i was curious about this do you ever check in with your old mary tyler moore uh show castmate uh betty white because both of you are perfect role models for baby boomers who are you know like afraid of getting older because i mean both you guys are bigger badasses the older you get you guys rule
9: well I, I rule, but she is, she's 97 I know Can you imagine that <laughs> it's, it's, I'm just a baby at 90
3: I know and you would never know you're 90 there's absolutely I mean yeah uh, but I mean oh. you, the older you guys get I mean y- I mean you've never taken any crap from anyone but I mean you're just you just seem to get stronger the older you get too I mean I just, and, and Betty of course I mean she's yeah she's amazing
9: well, I can, thank, I can thank showbiz for that. Showbiz instills life in me. I, I draw energy from showbiz. So thank God for it.
3: Well, you know, I think a lot of us gain strength from both of you. Uh, you know, I, I think you've kind of shown us the path of maybe how to age in a, in a manner that uh, is inspiring and uh, hopeful. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you're a role model to me, and i got to say that for a fact.
2: Thank you, Fabe. Thank yep. you very much. That's right. All right, well, I know you've probably it's
10: got to... A- Bounce from the passengers, if you're traveling to Gloucester Road Station, change here, take a District Line train. Pickley Line trains are not stopping at Gloucester Road Station until mid-December. The next station this train will be stopping at is South Kensington. Next stop for this train is... Spud Spud Show. Show.
5: You know, Spud, I would have liked to comment on Mr. Asner, too. I was a fan myself. Oh,
4: okay, say something. Uh, well, um, we, we all miss him dearly. Well said, man. Okay. Next up is a clip from comedian Ralphie May. He left us way too early at age 45. Yeah. Ralphie first came to the attention of millions in 2003 when he took second place in the first season of Last Comic Standing. He later released many highly rated comedy specials on Comedy Central and later on Netflix. Now, this dude was a very funny man. He knew how to put together a
3: comedy special.
7: Yes!
8: My dad really liked Ralphie. He saw all of his specials.
4: Okay, well, just run the clip. Okay, here is our clip of Ralphie Mae.
3: Right. Yeah, man. Um, hey, you got into okay, stand-up... Man. At an early age, right? Seventeen, is that correct?
4: Yes, sir. But yes, sir.
11: Is it 17. a true?
3: Is it a true story though about you winning that contest to open up for Sam Kennison, or was it you know, an urban yeah. folk tale? True.
11: All right. No, it's true. It's true. I won a contest at a shaky pizza to, to open up for Sam Kennison, and uh, um, it's it's phenomenal. You know, they uh, uh, they uh, Sam on the way over there. I uh, was like, kid, are you nervous? It was my first time in a limo, you know, it was a big deal, right? And I go, no, he goes, kid, seriously, uh, do you have a closer? And I go, what's that? I didn't know what it was. And he goes, it's a big joke at the end of your set, you know, to make everyone love you. And I go, I did, but I didn't know it. You know, I was so dumb, I didn't know it. I just naturally built one. And And I go... Um, no, I I don't guess I do. He goes, here, use my... If you get into trouble, start yelling and cussing at the audience. The more you yell and cuss at them, the more they'll love you. And I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah, okay. So I'm about five minutes in, and I'm killing. I'm destroying. And then I flip a punchline and a setup, and the joke bombs. And then the next joke was predicated on that joke killing, so that joke bombed, and... I am I know I'm at the end of my time, and I'm like... Uh, I remember what Sam said, so I just started screaming and yelling and cussing at the audience, you know? I'm like, hey, you net baby take banging y'all, your mothers, you filthy animals, you dumb people, you couldn't write anything, you illiterate retards, okay? Alright, 3,500 people in unison began to boo me. Boo! Okay? I cry a little bit on stage, I'm not gonna lie to you, I cry a little bit on stage. And, uh, uh, they, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I go backstage and without being introduced uh, no big fanfare or anything, Sam Kennison comes running out going, can you believe that kid? Come out here and talking to you good people like that, he will never be a comedy again. Oh, oh, oh! Now I'm really trying backstage. You know, I've got one of the biggest guys in comedy saying I'll never do it again. Ooh, ooh, you know, it was <laughs> horrible. And so I went backstage and I was looking for a payphone. I found one and I was calling my mom Collect to come pick me up. And uh, Bill Kennison, Sam's brother, comes up and hangs the phone up and goes, Kid, Sam thought that was hilarious. You set him up perfectly. He loved it, you know, because he was getting protested a lot then. He goes, Everybody right. loves him. That's awesome. And uh, and uh, he wants you to come party with us. And so uh, a Sam Kennison after party. Uh, It was no place for a 17-year-old boy. Hell yeah. Okay? Um, I'm 43 now, and it's no place for me now. Okay?
4: Um, They.
0: uh... The Spud Goodman Show. It has some merit.
4: Our next clip is with actor Jeremy Bullock. Most would remember Jeremy from his portrayal of the character Boba Fett from Star Wars movies. He died in 2020 in London. Yeah, I found Jeremy to have a very
3: dry sense of humor. He he was such a gentleman in our interview, and you know, a highly talented actor outside of, you know, just playing Boba Fett. Here is Jeremy. Please welcome actor Jeremy Bullock to the Spud Goodman Show. Jeremy, we want to thank you for calling in from England tonight. Whereabouts in England are you right now? Like, I really know the country or something.
10: Well, no, I live in London still. I've been here... Most of my life, 40 years, so my wife and I are still here. Lovely, beautiful weather. You can't get the sort of weather there that you can here. Super. Just delightful.
3: All right. Well, they used another actor's voice with your character, Boba Fett. Can I ask if you ever said, hey, what's wrong with my voice? I mean, I was an octopusy for God's sakes.
10: <laughs> yeah, no, well, I, I hardly speak. It's, it's funny because I hardly speak in half these um, films. You know, it was just a nod of the head and things. But, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm never worried about someone else doing it. The, the, the voice was done back in America. And uh, Jason Wingreen, who's now 90-something, and he's a delightful man, and he said to me, he said, w- were you concerned that I had to dub your voice? I felt terrible about it. I said, no, no, not at all, you know. You know, it, it ends up, the, the portrayal of Boba Fett is a fun, the most enjoyable job I've had in fifty years. I mean, right. it was h- huge fun, but constantly you had to concentrate. And know what you're doing, but what a what a great gig as we call.
3: Yeah, well, you make appearances all around the world.
10: Walt Disney presents
3: the,
1: the Spud Goodman, Goodman Show. Show. <laughs>
4: Next up is actor and later LAPD officer Ken Osmond, who passed away in May of 2020. Now, millions of baby boomers remember Ken as the character Eddie Haskell on the Leave it to Beaver TV show. He was loved or hated whenever his character came on the screen as everyone knew a real Eddie Haskell in their lives. He was a fantastic guest. I mean, uh, a great sense of humor, and man, not a
3: lot of former child TV stars end up being a beat cop in a major U.S. city. Uh, not not the usual next chapter, you know, of of their life.
5: Now, I loved watching Leave It to Beaver, and Eddie Haskell was my favorite character on the show. Uh, he he kind of spoke to me. I could relate to his journey as
8: a kid growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
5: why does that not surprise me?
8: Oh. You know, I've never seen Leave It to Beaver, but my mom has told me many times to never be an Eddie Haskell.
3: Well, that was good advice from your
4: mom, but I don't know if you actually pulled it off. Now, please don't compare my sweetie to Eddie Haskell's bud. That is your jealousy speaking. Someday you will accept his role in my life, hopefully before the, our wedding. Well, I can't guarantee that, Aunt Dorothy. You know, I'm, I'm just being honest to Oh, here. boy. Someone run the Ken Osman clip, please.
6: Uh, Jer- uh, Amazon has got it. All right. Super. That's pla- the place to look for it.
4: All right. Well, Jerry Mathers wrote the foreword
3: to the book. Is that correct? What do you have to say?
6: He did, yes.
3: What do you have to say in that,
6: generally? Uh, he was more than flattering. Uh, I mean, Jerry and I have been friends for, well, almost 60 years now. And we're, we're good friends.
5: You know, Spud... When I watched Leave It to Beaver growing up, I most identified with Lumpy. I don't know, maybe it was because my dad used to call me Lumpy a few times after we got done watching the show. Okay. I never saw the resemblance, but I did enjoy the actor who played him. I think his name was Frank Bank. Uh, Yeah, I didn't mind Lumpy, but he was a pretty big kiss ass, if you ask me. I don't know. I thought he was a great role model for kids. Uh, It was Eddie Haskell who was the real troublemaker. Now that you're speaking with Ken Osmond tonight, I can see the similarities in his character on Leave It to Beaver and the man you've become. Talk about influencing innocent youth. Well, I continue
3: to feel Eddie was a misunderstood icon and someday here, I mean Ken's character, will be reexamined in a much more positive light. Maybe by the French. Oh, I wouldn't count on that. <clears throat> um, we had Tony Dow on the show last year, and what an interesting man. He he said doing Leave It to Beaver it was a total blast, but he didn't get to do the whole teenage kid thing really while working for the studio. I mean, I know he was a Junior Olympics diving champion, so he did get out a bit, but how about you? Did you still get to do the normal teenage stuff while working oh, on the show? of
6: course I did. I, I, I went to regular school on, on the days that I wasn't working, and uh, uh, I actually I was... Uh, uh, part of the ROTC in high school. Enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, I, I did regular kid things. We'd cut cut class occasionally and go to the beach and, you know, just uh, kid things. Uh, growing up in the 50s was so great. What a hell of a time to grow up.
3: Yeah, in Southern California. Yeah, you, Did you graduate from, was it North Hollywood High you graduated from?
6: Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: All right, super. Um, well, that, I get that leads that leads me to my other question about the other actors on the show during your teenage years. On the weekends, did you, did you guys hang out much? I, I don't think the Beverly Center Mall was around those days, but did you guys go out and play putt-putt or do anything, you know, normal?
6: Uh, there were times that we did, yeah, we'd have birthday parties or something, but uh, normally they had their f- circle of friends and I had mine. Uh, but But, yeah, occasionally we'd get together for a party or something. Alright,
3: um, well later after you
1: leave.
4: Li- this is a Spud Human Show. show. <laughs> Back up, you creep. Get away from me. We are now going to play some music. This clip is from the band The Muffs, who played on TV's, Spud's TV show in 1997. The lead singer, Kim Shattuck, sadly passed away in 2019. 20- she was a tour de force on stage. Yep, she totally rocked. I, I was
3: a fan of her band, uh, The Muffs, and was super stoked to have them perform on our show. We, actually, we recorded them at the Crocodile a Club in Seattle at Soundcheck. Soundcheck, like, well, this is the late 90s, I believe. Uh, they were so gracious and quite funny, too. Uh, someone hit play, please.
10: The leader, and I don't understand but why you wanna with that awful and he you for one day, he answer more if he can. And now you wanna.
11: Uh, uh, uh,
12: uh, We sure got the surprise of our
8: lives. Can I ask if I can at least play a video game on my phone or something, because I really don't have too much to do on this special.
3: Absolutely not. I I don't want to sound like Elon Musk here, but we are at work. Yeah? And even if you are just an intern, there are basic job expectations
2: here. Hey bud, what's your problem?
4: Babe, just think happy thoughts. And we'll be done with this special soon, and we can go out later for frozen yogurt. Uh,
8: Really? Okay, I'll just pretend that I'm listening to everything. Uh, Okay. Yeah, and I would like to say I am being really underutilized
5: in this special to this point, and I know my fans must share my disappointment.
11: I think the reason why is I've just been, like, so unhappy.
3: Well, we will accept that you, your family, and, and maybe a neighbor or two Are bummed, okay? But we're, you know, we have a mission here on this special, and it does not include vanity airtime for you. Vanity airtime? What does that even mean? It means the special will not spin off track just to feature your personal musings.
4: Wow. And Dorothy, let's get back to the clips. Right. So, next up is one of your comedy heroes, Spud, Mr. Warmth himself, the late. Don Rickles. Yeah, I know you'll always cherish your interview with him.
3: Yep, still won't forget our conversation. He he remains a larger than life figure in showbiz history to this day.
4: And here is Don Rickles on our show in 2015. <laughs>
3: Please welcome to our show, a man that has defined the art of stand up comedy throughout his legendary career. Yes, Mr. Warmth himself, the great Don
13: Rickles. Well, thank you, Spud. That invitation was great. Now I'm gonna wash up and go home.
3: All right, super. Well, Don, uh, I'm gonna give my I'm gonna give it my best shot tonight to not annoy you too much. So <laughs> Thank you. So Don, can we start at the beginning? That's what I'd, I'd like to do. As a kid in school growing up, did you have this gift you're blessed with even back then? Like in class, did you take apart the teacher and your classmates when the mood...
13: Oh, became? absolutely. I was always a guy that ripped people and and, and uh, they always took it in fun. And uh, I, I, I had that gift even when I was in the service. I was always the guy that was making the guys on the ship laugh. Uh, not by doing jokes, but it's all attitude. And my attitude has always been you know, uh, putting people on, and they uh, they understand it, and they laugh at it. And it took a long time, and my beginnings, I had a lot of rejection, plenty of rejection. And finally, over the years, uh, thank goodness, uh, I started on to get me, and uh, it was great. And, uh, and now, at my age and life, uh, it's never been better.
3: Well, Don, um, the number one thing about your act is, number one, one could never steal from you because I mean who could pull off what you do I mean some I've tried maybe but your style's kind of copyrighted
13: uh, well you, you you said it right on the head but some people have tried it but it never comes out uh, the way it is for me it's in my personality to do that and so uh, it's not something you rehearse or practice it's something I always had uh, even as a young man I was always uh, able to uh, be uh, you know so called uh, a wisecracker but always and fun, and I always enjoyed it.
3: Right, well... Uh, uh, me, Spud Goodman, I mean, I I dream of the day when someone would steal from me, but yeah, nobody, nobody's, (laughs) that's not happened yet, so let let me bring this up. Uh, I'd love to bring in uh, the topic of the chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra, if I may. How how big a set of testicles do you have as when he was in the audience at your show, uh, a show of yours in Miami Beach in the 50s, you yelled out to him, make yourself at home, Frank, hit someone. Now that is fearless comedy. You, I mean, my gosh.
13: Yeah, well, I, I I did that, but when I also uh, a big thing that people used to talk about, I was with this girl in my single days. I'm married 50 years, but way before my my marriage to a wonderful lady, I uh, I was with this uh, girl that was, uh, you know, uh, I hoped to score with.
1: Yeah. In,
13: in the Sands Hotel, and we were having dinner, and Frank was at another table, and uh, she said, "Do you know Frank Sinatra?" And of course, to get lucky, I said, of course I do, which I really did. And I said, just wait a minute. And I went over to Frank's table I said, Frank, you got a minute? He said, sure, he called me Bullethead, by the way. He said, "Yeah, what is it, Bullethead? I said, listen, if you could come over to the table and say hello in front of this girl, it would mean the works for me, you know what I'm saying? He said, Don, it's done. I said, not right away, wait a few minutes. And so I went back to my table and. And he said, Hey, Don, how are you? I said, Not now, Frank. Can't you see I'm eating?
5: Ding! <laughs> <laughs>
0: <tries> when you go to shop in the morning, when you go to shop in the evening, when you shop in the morning at noon or at night, ask for the beer that tastes just right. Go to the store that treats you right. <tries> Cause we know we're getting our money's worth. as we know we're getting our money's worth. Ask for the beer that tastes just right. Ask for the <to> beer, beer that tastes just right. Ask for the beer that tastes right. just right. Ask for the beer that tastes just right. <duda> now you perk up just like that it happens happens every every time time a fella gets a new hat so don't put it off go get the new hat go Go get get the new hat go get get the the new new hat hat. go get the new hat and you and your sweetie will ask for the beer that tastes just right hey i'm not fooling i'm not fooling i'm not fooling no sir hey The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show.
4: Next up is a clip from Spud's old TV show. This was from an interview with the legendary Tiny Tim, who passed away in 1996. And the control room said Accordion Joe is on the line as he wants to introduce the clip since he was there when it was recorded.
3: Yeah, I kind of promised him he he could uh, you know, do this a few months ago when we were planning it. Uh, and it was, but the but the good thing is doing the toss over the phone and not in the studio with us. I mean, uh, you know, we we can always hang up on him if he goes on and on about it over the phone, you know? And you know he's going to start bitching about how he's mistreated on the
5: show, right? Well, you know, he he's not given much airtime these days, that's for sure. But clearly, i am much more mistreated than accordion joe uh, he may be the show's orchestra wow. and well nowadays uh, just on our recorded opening theme song but still i am the show's co-host A uh, temporary co-host <sighs> temporary permanent co-host oh I just things.
4: put joe through if he's ready joe you are on now now yeah joe you're oh, on I- you're on
1: It is my honor to introduce a guest we had on our TV show back in 1994, and sadly, he passed away in November of 96. I was a real fan of Tiny Tim's, and I thought we hit it off when we recorded this interview. I don't think he liked you much, Spud. You clearly, clearly annoyed him.
3: Well... Don't know about annoying him i i will say you know he, he was a good guest and i mean i mean everybody loved tiny tim
1: you know his big hit tiptoe through the tulips right which was released in 1968 yeah well it sold a ton of 45s yeah it's quite you true. know i i really think if he had added an accordion to the mix with his ukulele it would have been even a bigger hit. You yeah. do know, Spud, I could have hit it big as I was on the Mike Douglas show.
3: I know you're on the Mike Douglas show. I know, I know. Okay, yeah.
1: I really thought that I was going to be a big star.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Instead, I end up being a one-man orchestra in this rinky-dink talk show.
3: Kind of a about
1: rinky-dink. Man- you talk about shattered dreams. Boy, oh yeah, I am really angry, man. I won't lie. Things just didn't work out for me, you know?
4: Don't be so overly dramatic about it. Uh,
3: well, instead of being bitter, y- you should be thanking me for inviting you, you know, to be a part of my old TV show back. Remember when I invited you? And, and now you're, you're on the radio
1: show, too. So, kind of, sort of. Yeah, well, I, thanks, I guess.
10: Besides being a fine gentleman, isn't he a great accordion player?
1: So, can someone
4: run the damn
1: Tiny Tim clip? Yeah, Get it yeah, going. yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Yes, yes. Thanks for doing this, Joe. Here is Tiny Tim.
3: Question: You, at one time, were on top of the entertainment world. Uh, did Tonight Show? Everybody knows you were married on Tonight Show. Uh, is it a lot easier at this point kind of being, kind of being able to call your own shots, not having people hassle you all day and all night like it was at that particular moment in this late 60s?
12: That's a good question though, a good one I tell you. Like everything it is, and it isn't when you 're on top, mm-hmm. even know they tell you what to do, you know you 're on top, and when you 're not, you know you have no choice but you have to do what you, do on your own uh, so uh, you can look at it either way what 's it like being on top? you know I myself have to be frank with you, I have not had that
3: experience yet, and uh, you know a man can dream, but what what was it like? It was great
12: it was unbelievable it was uh, you know, uh, you get everything you want when you're on top. Okay. I when you I, mean, when you, I, I visited Jaja Gabor's house, and, personally. Uh, yeah, and so many other places. Uh, it was a wonderful moment.
3: You know, you if know i were to learn to play the ukulele, ukulele instead of the French horn, horn as, a kid, as a kid, I would have girls hanging all over all me in band class. class. Um, now, let me let me play the Barbara Walters thing. A little word association, all right? All First right. thing that comes to mind. Uh, Madonna.
12: Well, uh, she made the most of what she has. Oh, tiptoe,
10: by the window, by the window, the bodies we're all big.
12: Dr. Kevorkian. Uh, Horrible. Certainly, it's not his fault. He he has his I mean, he has ideas of uh, mm-hmm. you know, killing people when they want to go. Mm-hmm. However, there's only one rare exception. Mm-hmm. If a person was dismantled and crushed by by a,
7: a wheelbarrow,
12: Heaven
0: and, forbid. you know, okay.
7: This is a spider show.
4: show. Uh, 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 that should be fun. I think I'll try that. Our next clip features the late great comedian Gilbert Gottfried, who passed away in April 2022. He was on the show at least three times that I remember. Oh, what a funny man. Yeah, Gilbert was a
3: comedian's comedian, uh, fearless to a fault. Nothing was off the table in Gilbert's act. Nothing.
5: Uh, And if I remember correctly, at times, it did impact his career. Something I continue to tell you about, Spud.
3: Yeah, yeah, the difference is Gilbert's You know, with his career, he actually had a lot at stake financially, you know, with his material. And it didn't matter to him at all. I myself have found it extremely difficult to get in hot water. You know, as no matter what I say, no one cares.
4: I don't have big companies working with me to piss off.
5: Well, why didn't you say so?
4: Oh, yes. Gilbert Gottfried was totally unafraid of any repercussions at all from his act. Let's run his clip Cool, cool.
3: All right. As you were at one time in your career tagged with the label "the comedian's comedian," uh, you know, I'd have to say a lot of that came from the fact that you have never been frightened to take risks on stage. Translation: You don't give a crap if you piss people off. True or false?
14: Ah, that's true. as okay.
3: charged. All right, all right. You don't even need an attorney to work that one. All right. So another uh, part of your legendary status has been your well-documented supposed frugality. I mean, some of your fellow comics have described you as the cheapest comic on the face of the earth. Any truth to this? Um,
14: uh, no, not at all. I'm, I'm very, very generous. And, okay. Um, I'm not getting charged for this call, am
3: I? No, no, it's it's on our dime. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't actually going to fast food places and grab like a month's supply of free ketchup packs, do you?
14: Uh, no. I grab two months.
3: Okay, there you go. Uh,
14: one month, I uh, wouldn't be worth a trip.
3: Well, okay. all right. right. Super. Um, what are your mid-range career goals at this point then, Gilbert?
14: My career goals, I've always had loose career goals, but my main one is to just see how much longer I can get away with it, staying in this business, before the entire population catches on.
3: And for the record, how many years has that been?
14: Uh, way too many. Uh, uh, I, I i started off, uh, the first time I got up on stage was, uh, I was 15 years old. And uh, now I'm 20, so let's see how many years that's...
3: I, I heard some stories when you were young, when you when you first got up, and you killed pretty much right away. Is that correct?
14: I, yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. I, I got up on stage, and I'm not sure if I did great or bombed. Or You know, I may have been just too stupid to know one way or the other.
3: Okay, all right, super.
14: Okay, well...
4: This is the Spud Goodman Show. Your Uncle Steve is on the line. I know you wanted to avoid having him in and his little buddy Jerry yeah. on this anniversary special, but he texted me last night, and, and he was pretty upset he was not invited to participate. He's been on all of your anniversary specials. I know. Uh,
5: you know, I hate to sound like a broken record when it comes to your Uncle Steve, Spud, but... It's, it's just not okay when he pretends his little ventriloquist dummy can talk and then spews very inappropriate language on the show. I, I get it, he's family, but you have to have some standards. Hey, 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 you shut your
3: face! And for the five hundred and sixty seventh time, I will say it's my show, and I put on who I want. Yeah, yeah, you know, even though I didn't really want to have them on, but you know, this anniversary special, I was just thinking maybe I take a year off. And but but now you've made me change my mind, Uncle Steve. Uh, th- I think you're on the line. Are you are you there? Are you holding? Are you
7: on? you're on the air uh, are right we, now? Are we, are we on? Yes. Test test. This is Uncle Steve. Is it Jerry? Test test. And we would like to get on the show. Look, look,
3: um, no, your levels are fine. There's no need to do that right now. But we don't have, like, any time specifically available on this special. But maybe next year, you know, you can come on and actually say something. But we got to go, okay?
8: Sorry. I think the board said we're actually a little ahead of schedule. So there is enough time for your uncle and his friend if you want. Uh,
4: Really?
7: Good to know. So Jerry here wants to introduce Carrot Top. He's a big fan. He's always begging me to take him to Vegas to catch him live.
4: Ah, yes. Excuse me, Steve. This is Dorothy. You might not be aware, but this special is a tribute to the guests who have been on the show and have now passed away. We are saluting them. Carrot Top is still with us, so he would not work on this one. A pretty sobering fact.
7: What's that, Jerry. You don't care if Carrot Top is still with us. You still want to introduce his clip. Well, I can ask Spud, but... no.
3: Like Aunt Dorothy said, you know, maybe another special. We gotta go now, but thanks for checking
7: in with us. Jerry, you heard Spud. Maybe you can do this on the next special. Whatever. Spud, you are such a dick. You now, dick! Now that was not necessary, Jerry. Goodbye, everyone. it's carrots up, and somehow, somehow, I've been
13: talking it on the damn Spud Goodman show. How the f*** is this happen?
4: Okay, our next clip is the late comedian Charlie Murphy, who tragically passed away on April 12, 2017. Uh, Charlie was one really, really cool dude. Very down-to-earth and, of course, extremely
3: funny. He came on the show a couple times, and he was never boring, that's for sure. Man, he he left us way too soon. Just, just, just run the clip, please.
4: Okay, here it is.
3: Well, hey, you mentioned the word legend, and I'm just curious in terms of your perspective on comedy. Any legendary comedians or who had the most impact on you in, in, in forming your uh, your craft in terms of comedy?
15: Uh, I would have to say Eddie Murphy. I grew up with him, you
3: know. Yeah, that's that's. I, I was kind of teeing that up for you, so yeah. Yeah, uh,
15: yeah, yeah. You know, I, but um, you know. If you, if you come and see a Charlie Murphy show, I want people to understand that this, you know, it's, it's, uh, I have never modeled myself after anyone. Right. So that's not the person you're dealing with. Someone who's going to remind you, of, oh, he's just like, so, I, I, I'm a man, just like you. You know, I, I it's almost, you think you know I mean? You understand when people assume that you, yep. uh, try to be like someone else or that you're doing someone else, like, really I am? And you, and you don't have to do that? You don't have to do that, but I have to do that. Really?
9: That,
12: no.
15: You know what I'm saying? That's yep. how I feel. Yep. And it's like, I don't do that. And if you come see me, you come and see Charlie Murphy and that's what you're going to get. And I've been, you know, I've been serving up some fun, from some funny for, for a minute now, man. Uh, I, 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 it's the best job in the world.
3: I've seen your I mean, act. Doing it. I've seen your act early. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think anybody could say uh, it's derivative of your brother. I don't, that, Two different styles, really, totally. So, yeah, absolutely. That's
15: not, not just two different styles, you know. You gotta remember everything you've seen Eddie Murphy doing. Eddie Murphy was 21 years old, 20 years old. Uh-huh. Okay, I got kids older than that. So, how can my point of view be that? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. All right. The whole different. He's dealing with a whole different person. He's like, if he was to do stand up right now. It wouldn't be. It, it wouldn't be the same flow. The same agenda that he had when he was 21
3: and it would
15: be some all
4: different thing going on. He's a more mature man now, you
7: know what I'm saying? Yep, I do. I do. Um, okay, well, let me
4: ask... This is this a spy Newman Show. show. Uh, 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 uh.
7: Looks just like the real thing.
4: Next up is the late actor William Hurt, who left us in March of 2022. He was one of our great actors who displayed an immense range in the roles he took on. Uh, Yes, that man could act. He was one of the best ever. Let's run his clip now, please.
3: All right. Well, let me touch just a brief bit on your impressive career. Obviously, everyone's aware of it, but I got to at least at least go there for a second. I mean, you won an Academy Award for your role in Kiss of the Spider Woman. You also were nominated for three other films, Children of a Lesser God, Broadcast News and History of Violence. You know, you, you, I would say your choice of work is varied to say the least. Um, I mean, are, is there is there any kind of role that makes you uncomfortable? Because you seem to be able to be willing to, uh, to take on anything.
12: The thing that makes me uncomfortable is being asked to do something that's less than my capacity, or or less than anybody's capacity. (laughs) Like, I mean, what that it does bother me to be invited to a project to do something that someone thinks I've done before. Uh It it, kind of means it kind of means that they're living in an idea of themselves that's already in the past. Oh yeah and, yeah, and they want and they want to and then and they want to include me in that idea. And I don't. And I'm like, oh, wait a second, guys. You know, life is so short. Why not be alive now?
3: Well, you know, in terms of your roles, I have to say this. As a lost in space guy, I'm appreciative that you did that movie. As I've spent decades taking crap from family and <laughs> friends for preferring that TV show over Star Trek.
12: Never fear, Smith is here.
3: Thank you, sir.
12: I love. Doing, I mean, I love the idea about. We had a little bit of a. There was some snags we ran into along the way.
6: Danger, Will Robinson.
12: But I just worked with Steve Hopkins. I mean, I I just worked with him on Great. Huh. Oh, oh yeah. Jesse Young. I heard it was Same great. Director. We had, a, we had and we had a wonderful. We had a wonderful time. Super. Well, in 2010... It's not going to happen. It's
5: not the right way to go. Well, now, now that you've brought this up for discussion, I would like to suggest that be considered as yeah. I am at your side each okay. week. this conversation I... is over. Okay. Um, well, William, you have a
3: pilot's license. Do you ever just like jump in a plane and fly somewhere to catch a movie at some cineplex if it's not shown in your area?
12: <laughs> I never, I don't jump into a role thoughtlessly and I don't jump into airplanes thoughtlessly.
3: All right. Well, that's uh, for the record. All right.
12: I stopped flying a while back, but because I wasn't, I wasn't able to stay well enough uh, prepared for it. You really, you don't want to drive an airplane unless you are, unless it's a glove and you put your hand in it.
7: And oh. you have to train your hand.
3: I'll write that down because I'd like to fly someday, you know, or at least maybe in first class before I actually yeah. become a
7: pilot.
1: But yeah.
3: Red
7: alert. Emergency maneuver all engines. Emergency maneuver. Aye aye.
6: Captain, we should enter this
7: in the log, shouldn't we? No, 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 no. Forget it. <laughs> Nobody would believe it anyway.
1: This is a spy given show. <laughs>
4: Our next clip is the late, great guitarist Dick Dale. I believe he has been bestowed the title of the King of Surf Guitar.
3: And he made it quite clear in our interview that he was also the King of Heavy Metal, too. Uh, You know, Dick Dale influenced so many guitarists over the years. He, He was just a giant in rock music.
4: Yes, he was. Here is his clip.
2: A
3: Dick, what has been your most memorable moment in music? You have a billion to choose from, so try and pick out something if you could.
2: Many, many people. You know, I train people like Richie Valens. Uh, it, it goes, it goes. Jimmy. Well, about uh, Jimmy, I taught him all the slides and everything like that. And in fact, in, in fact, uh, Buddy Miles. Who's the drummer for Jimi Hendrix? And, and Buddy used to open for me. At times, she would stand on the stage before he brought me up on stage, and he used to say. Hey, audience, I got to tell you something. There wasn't a day that didn't go by that Jimmy didn't say, I got my best shit from Dick Dale. Wow. You know, so, wow. you know, it, I mean, I'm an old guy. I've been around since I'm the, I was the first in 1955 to create the power to play through. Well, uh, nobody I'm, else had that.
3: No, no, no. I I mean, was, there's no doubt. Creating, there's no doubt. Yeah,
2: I, with Leo Fender. And I'm still alive because I didn't take all that crap in my body. I mean, Elvis used to take me screaming up and down Hollywood Boulevard in this that's big cat, and we used to fight and train together. It was the same uh, Ed Parker trained us, and, and the cops would pull him over and go, "Oh, it's you. You want a manager?" And El would go, "Thank you very much," and he'd drive away. Dick, I got to
3: tell you, it was really a pleasure to speak with you.
2: God bless. Thank you, soul.
11: You talk, listen.
4: What else is there, man? Now we will be airing a clip from one of my very favorite people, actor, director, writer, Carl Reiner. What a talented man.
3: Yeah, and to me, he was the sweetest and nicest Hollywood legend. One of one of them, if not the, uh, you know, just he was just amazing. A man of honor and class. I'll never forget our conversation for sure.
4: He passed away in 2022 at the age of 98. Let's roll his clip now.
16: We lost each other. Well, you later uh,
3: dived into directing films such as Where's Papa, Oh God, and The Jerk, which uh, clearly remains one of the great comedies ever made. You co-wrote it with Steve Martin, correct?
10: Yes,
16: and uh, Michael Ives. There are a couple names on it. Uh, But Steve is the one who came up with it. It was part of his act. His act act started with I was born a poor black child. That was, he did it for years until he, he put it into words and made a movie of it. It was his first movie. He had never acted with people before. It was his first. He was, you know, in one all for, for years. and he But boy, did he learn fast. He was probably the most talented man ever. Two of the most talented people I ever worked with were Steve and uh, Dick Van Dyke. And Steve, as a matter of fact, one day he said, you know, most talented human being in our business is Dick Van Dyke. I told Dick he couldn't believe it. Wow. But he he really meant it.
3: Super. Well, um well you know, I asked most of my guess what their most memorable moment was it makes a good last question but in your case with the life you've led and your legendary career it'd be impossible after like 10 hours could, could you toss out maybe uh, a least memorable moment like a disappointing moment like in show business that something you wish would have gone the other way or looking back at it or
16: you know no as a matter of fact I uh, if I leave today if this uh, if this phone that's in my hand explodes and I leave today. I have done everything I wanted to do, and I've had a wonderful, wonderful career. There's a few missteps along the way, but not many, including the, the best step I ever took was marrying a girl named Estelle Libos, who uh, was eight years older than me. I was 20 when I married, and she was 28, uh-huh. and we spent 65 years together, and she honed me. She, was, she knew everything about everything. She was an artist, a singer. She was an extraordinary human being. And I, 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 I thank her for helping me become who I became.
3: Well, you, you, all, you, you two had some very talented children, too. I want oh, to throw I, that
16: out. That's one of the things I, before I go to bed every night, I think about that. Um, yeah. you know, there were three of the three.
15: Spread goodness to Anulo. Spread goodness to Anulo.
4: We have one more clip to air, and I know he was one of your favorite guests, Bud, Louis Anderson, who left us in January of 2022. Mm-hmm. You two seem to connect, at least in your interviews with him. Yeah, Louis just seemed to
3: me like a regular dude. You know, no pretense or attitude. He was just real. You know, over the years, you know, I had known he'd battled a few medical conditions, but he fought on. Uh, Yeah. And Louis will be missed by many, many people.
4: Here is a clip from his most recent appearance on our show in 2021.
3: Louis, but uh, let, let me hit you with this. Uh, you know, The last time you were on, I suggested that we both, you know, be the first ones in line at, at the slots, you know, when the casinos reopened after the lockdown. My, my theory was it would have been months before the last jackpot on all of them. I don't know about you, but it didn't work out well for me. I tried it out, but but got my butt kicked. I went down fast and hard. It was brutal. So don't ever listen to any advice from me ever again, Louis. Right,
6: well, listen, everybody has that same experience. There's only one guy who's won. He keeps winning, we don't win. But you know, it's fun. The idea behind spots is to have an enjoyable, enjoyable time, but you know, it's hard to do that. You always get into the competitiveness. You get mad because you lose. Yes. You know, you just go, I'm going to get this money back. I uh, you. When you start talking with clinched teeth, you're in trouble gambling. I do you, I don't tell yeah, available we'll in paperback.
3: Louie, do, do you find yourself still communicating with your late mother? Because I know I occasionally have a conversation with my late mom, You know, mostly at mealtime, you know, should I eat this or that. How about you?
13: I absolutely do. I go, Ma, can you believe this? You know, I'll do that all the time. I'll say, hey, Mom, I really miss you. Thanks for all you did for me. I wish you were here right now to do my laundry, because I hate doing laundry. Yeah. I go, how can I get this many clothes dirty? What am I doing? I only need one pair of pants during the pandemic or no pants, either way. But yeah, I think that, I guess I do. I do talk to my mom and I do talk to my dad. I go, what do you think of that dad? Ah, come on. I love my dad. He was always a kind of a, I don't know, he was a kind of a grump, but he always, he had a lot of good advice, and my mom, of course, Always was there for us, and I really miss that and uh, miss her.
3: Right, right. I, I know you guys had a really close relationship. Uh, you know, we love you, man. Yeah. We just thank you for coming I love back on. Too. There you have it, Thanks Mr. So
2: Louis much. Anderson. All right. Right.
10: Bye. Bye.
2: My,
14: how time flies.
4: So, that's about it for this anniversary special. How did I do? Well, I hate to give you too big of a head, but I will stipulate you did a pretty darn good job. How did I do as
3: a
5: co-host? You know, if you want an honest review, I would have to say you were a little lacking in your role supporting the host. Really? Your, your Aunt Dorothy, uh, your uh, input was kind of flat and I shall I say, I guess a little boring.
4: I think that this is your way of telling me something.
8: Yeah, for once I have to agree with Gerald. You kinda sucked as a co-host, Spud. Um,
6: (laughs) uh, um, you suck!
8: Now Dorothy knocked it out of the park as the host. I was blown away by her, but I wasn't surprised the love of my life killed it. She is a shining star, and this show is very lucky to have her.
4: Why, thank you, babe. As I've said many times publicly this show would be in a world of hurt without your services as our intern. Oh my God. You
5: know, uh, Chance, I myself would temper a bit the glowing review you gave her. Uh, Mrs. Jarvitz was adequate, but with plenty of room for improvement if the opportunity ever arises again for you, which I don't believe it will, as I'm thinking that may not be a wise option for the show, to to be honest. You ain't got the 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 answers. You ain't got the answers.
3: Uh, dude, one thing I know for sure, you know, hand, handling co-host duties is about as tough as being a yard ornament. You know, you everybody's seen those things. Uh, yeah, those. Um, any, anything, anybody, any, any entity could do this gig. How 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 can I be more plain about it? I mean, even while sound asleep.
5: I'm gonna have to vehemently disagree with you on that point. No one could serve effectively as a co-host while being sound asleep. It it would never work. You know, there have been times serving in my role when I've started to nod off, you know, maybe a celebrity interview that you're doing is a bit dull. And then when I'm jolted awake, I realize that I could take this show down if I'm not fully on my toes, ready for whatever comes my way. What you just
1: said, is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard.
3: Hey, if you do find yourself falling asleep in the future, no worries. Just get in your beauty sleep. It'll have no impact on the show. Like right now, you can take a power nap while we finish up this special, all right? Uh, Go ahead if you want.
4: Oh, I would rather not engage with you two arguing here, so I'm just going to sign off now. Goodbye, everyone.
8: This special is over. Can we go out for frozen yogurt now, Dorothy? I really am in the mood for frozen yogurt.
3: Sure, sweetie. Let's go. I, I guess I really do need to sign off for this thing to be formally, officially concluded. <clears throat> I am Spud
5: Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, you know, I really should sign off, too. I am Gerald Holcomb, and I am the co-host of... Thank you.
0: Spud Goodman Show was written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Laurie Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Engineered by Trevor Jastad and recorded at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Associate producer, TJ Pites. Video director, Jason W. Young of Random Whispers Studios. Production assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spotts and Tom Harmon. On air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2022 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.